Before they get started, you should probably know that the following podcast will contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. It will also almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 80 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart. How the devil are you? I'm okay. Good. <laughs> For our date stamp purposes, we are coming at you circa 2.30pm on a Sunday. Very late in the game. Sailing it quite close to the wind, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially since we're recording an episode later. Yeah. <laughs> but we're here and we're doing it. Yes, we and certainly are. What's yeah. been happening? What's been going on? Oh, very little, Mitch. No? Very little. I'm like, I'm extremely busy. Um, as you can see, we have a slightly different setup in place today. <laughs> yes, we do. Due to the laptop catastrophe. Yes. Um, uh huh. Which uh, regular listeners will be familiar with. Yeah, where it broke and then I threw it. Uh, and so that was definitely the order those two things happened in, was it? <laughs> yes, yes. Before we get into it this week, I actually just want to say thank you again to everybody for their patience with the slight delay on the episode on Friday. Everybody's very cool about that, always are. Um, and thanks for getting in touch with your thoughts on the episode as well, which we'll get to in a little while. We will get to that. And uh, yeah, if any sugar daddies out there want to buy me a new one, <laughs> you can do so. Uh, I'm more than happy to dance for you. Why the hell not? <laughs> You've been watching anything this week? Um, I just watched one thing okay. um i think we briefly mentioned the show i don't think we dug into any detail before but we've mentioned the show on this show mm-hmm. before uh but i checked out series two of the end of the fucking world oh yeah okay i think i actually mentioned this um on the streaming platforms thing a couple of weeks ago when it uh, when it was coming back uh, so alex lothar is in this isn't he from uh, ghost stories and black <laughs> mirror yeah the shut up and dance episode which yes is Arguably one of the more horrible episodes of Black Mirror. I don't think that's arguable at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Alex Lothar, about to be typecast as a vaguely creepy guy for probably the next 20 years, I would say. I just don't see how he how he can be anything but, no. Can't um, unring that bell. No, no. And Jessica Barden. Jessica well. Barden, yes, of course. From uh, Celluloid Screams 2017 selection, Habit, you amongst are, other things. You are correct, sir, yes. Um, okay, so, uh, how's this going? Have you been through the whole, have you seen the whole thing? I have, I've watched, yes, I have. Okay, um, cool. I've, I love the first series, I thought um, the first series was really good. I don't know, have you seen it? I have seen the first few. I kind of, I kind of wandered away from it a little bit. Right. Uh, it didn't do a massive amount for me, but I know that people generally seem to like it quite a bit. Okay. Um, well, uh, the new series picks up two years after where series one ends. Right. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and I know we would normally spoil stuff, but I'm not going to spoil the end of a, a series and how it picks up uh, from there. But certainly, um, let's say our heroes, uh, their paths have diverged. Okay. Um, and events conspire that bring them back around into each other's kind of orbit. And uh, I guess this that kind of sets off this spiral of mad behaviour. Okay. It seems like any time they're around each other, terrible things happen. Right, I see. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is like like quite um, uh, quite deadpan, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess giving you the kind of overview of what the show's about is fine. Like, uh, certainly in the first instance, Alex Lothar's character believes he's a psychopath um, with uh, potential to be a serial killer. And he meets this girl, Alyssa, played by Jessica Barden, at mm-hmm. school. Um, she's this kind of wise-ass 
I don't even know. Annoying is how I would call, is what I would call her. A Johnny Weisenheimer. Yeah, she's a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'd be like that to her. Just go away. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. But they set off on this weird road trip in the first one. Mm-hmm. And his plan is to eventually murder her. Okay. And her plan is just to kind of go and visit her dad and get away from her mum, who's a bit of a knob, and her and her husband, who's a bit of a creep. And then events kind of take a darker turn as the road trip progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens in the first series directly influences the second series okay. in, in terms of where the story goes. Um, but it's really cool. Uh, it's funny. It's kind of poignant at moments. It's gross when it needs to be. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, but it does get gross. It does get quite violent at points in the second series. Interesting. Um, and it's it's just really good. Um, cool, good. Yeah, I would recommend it. Superb. I think the biggest hurdle for people will be Jessica Barden's character because she's quite annoying. I'm pretty sure that that was the reason why I stopped watching it. Right. Uh, I'm kind of casting my mind back now and I'm pretty sure that that's the case. Mm-hmm. I think that that was the, what about it that I think that I struggled the most with. What I would also say is that I get quite uncomfortable watching Alex Lothar in things. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's so awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he makes me a bit uncomfortable By in extension. myself. By extension, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely a thing that happens. I found that in ghost stories. Yeah, and and, and it's exactly the same in Shut Up and Dance. Yeah, mm-hmm, uh, definitely. He's increasingly more difficult to watch him as the, the story kind of plays out in that. Very true, yeah. But uh, yeah, the end of the fucking world. I would recommend it if you can get past that character, mm-hmm. who is the main one of the main characters. So uh, she's in almost every scene. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Then I think you you might enjoy it. Yeah, okay. but no, nothing much else. I'm going to talk at length next week about the Criteria Godzilla collection box set. Oh, cool. Okay. But I'm not going to dig into it all today because I haven't really given it airspace any time yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I had some stuff this week, but not that much. But basically, what I did do was. I did a kind of a quite smart time loop sci-fi double bill. Right. Uh, so I went Predestination. Right. The Ethan Hawke film. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, think, um, I dug that out for the first time in a while. I think it was written by the guys who went on to write Jigsaw. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Either that or people went on to direct Jigsaw. I forget which. But um, yeah, so uh, don't let that put you off. Uh, Predestination, I think, is pretty good. Um, it's It's kind of like... I don't think it's like high concept. I think it's like medium concept. <laughs> right. Okay. But it is pretty clever, I think. And um, Ethan Hawke's great in it. And I really like the fact that Ethan Hawke continues to choose these kind of weird projects. Um, and yeah, it's pretty interesting. However, um, I did also dig out Nacho Vigalondo's Time Crimes this Ooh, week. Right. Okay. So I haven't seen ages. Uh, really enjoyed getting back to that as well. But see this kind of like these this kind of like multiverse and kind of time loop things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Things like that that are made on very little money really really appeal to me. Like resolution yes like resolution yeah. exactly yeah um and coherence and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. and i can't i mean i, can't I know sh- you love uh, coherence I can't yeah. fucking shop about coherence anyone <laughs> that listens to the show will know that but yeah i think that i think that nacho vigwondo is a really interesting filmmaker i yeah. would mm-hmm. say that this is probably still my favorite thing that he's done right um i haven't, I haven't seen colossal yeah i've got it there it's on yeah. amazon prime now yeah. believe, so, honestly but yeah um but i think he's great um i even think that his section in vhs viral was the most watchable one what one did he do in VHS viral? Uh, it was like a mirror oh right they right. go they go into the other side of the mirror thing uh, I fucking hate that film. Yeah, it's <laughs> dreadful, but his section's pretty good, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, so that was that was my two this week, and I kind of think that, um, and I've spoken before about this kind of sci-fi and how much I tend to like it. I could totally see myself going down a kind of like Brett Marling, Mike Cahill type road. Right, not, um, you're not the first time you've been down a, a Brett Marling road lately. This is very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I could I could very well see my, I could see myself end up doing that again because I kind of I kind of default back to those films. They kind of become this weird comfort viewing thing for me. Right. So I could see myself doing that. However, I did watch one other thing this week oh so our more perceptive listeners may have noticed that we had a slightly different intro today <laughs> we did 
Yeah. We did ask for some alternate kind of segment announcements and stuff like that if you guys had the time to do them and the inclination <laughs> to do them. And uh, Michael Park did not let us down. Yeah, former guest Michael Park. <laughs> former guest, host of uh, Scotland and Scottish History Podcast, Michael Park did not let us down at all. So you'll be hearing his voice a little bit. I don't mind telling you that every single thing I would normally do is now done by Michael in this episode. <laughs> yep. Stuff is short of just showing up and doing the show. Yeah, actually he's taking some of the stuff that you would normally do. This is also true. So with that, over to Michael. Do, 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 do. Mitch watches the Shockwaves 100. Well then. Wonderful. <laughs> smooth. Uh, Nightbreeds. Oh, right. Wow. Excellent. Finally got Nightbreed off the list. Okay, and did you like it? I liked it very much. Of course right, I cool. did. Um, yeah, I, I, although I must admit, I, um, I, I know there's some confusion about cuts and things like that. The one that I watched was two hours and 20 minutes long. Right, so that would be the extended cut. Cool, cut, okay. Or cut or whatever, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, yeah, that's the one that I saw. I liked it. Yeah, um, I, I really dug it. Also, always nice to see our pal Nick Vince. Well, I mean, you've got to kind of be looking for Nick in there. Yeah, but he's there. Yeah, he's there. Like, <laughs> it's also like when you watch, it's like watching Hellraiser and saying, oh, it's nice to see Nick in there. <laughs> You're like, well, you can't really see Nick. <laughs> nice to see his smiling face. <laughs> nice to see his moon-shaped head. <laughs> Can I just quickly say, before we move on from Nightbreed into the next part of this. Certainly. David Cronenberg's fucking excellent, isn't it? Yes. He is excellent, isn't it? He steals the entire show. He's wonderful. I don't know if he's as good as he is in Jason X. Fuck off. He's infinitely better than in Jason X. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Moving on, though. Yeah, before we head out of this segment, I uh-huh. want to touch on the fact that we are incredibly close to the finish line. Oh, man. On the shot 100. What are we going to replace this with? That's a great question. I don't know, actually. So I still feel I would like to either continue your learnings... Yeah, I think that we Whether should... it's on a, a, a sub-genre level, or maybe I should do something. I don't know. I, d- I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm open to suggestions for this. Because um, I, 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 I think that because uh, so much of what we do predicates on the notion that you know a lot of stuff and I know nothing, then I think that doing something for doing something for my education, I think, is probably not a bad idea. Cool. We, I mean, we could do deep dives into sub-genres. That'd be fun. Remember I did, for a while, I had like a little spell of watching kind of like early to mid-90s horror, like pre-Scream 90s horror. Oh, yeah. Uh, Am I looking at some of that? Anyway, there's ways to get in touch, which we'll get to in a little while. Yeah, feel free to shoot us some suggestions over. But Um, basically, right now, as it stands, we're kind of looking like the Shockwaves 100 will be burned off by January. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to do something else in that spot, which is going to be uh, going to be interesting. Also, we did briefly discuss off-air some plans to celebrate the end of the Shockwaves 100. Yeah. um, And more on that in a little while. Fireworks. (laughs) <laughs> Beer. metaphorical fireworks um, but there's six left yes those six are as follows Cemetery Man uh-huh. The Exorcist 3 Yo. Invasion of the Body Snatchers the, Don- the Donald Sutherland one I think so right the Monster Squad. Okay. Possession. Right. And Rosemary's Baby. So big ones. Okay. Mostly. Big wow. hitters in there. Yeah. So um, it is still on you to decide which one um, which one I'm going to end on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are the ones that you're working with there. Excellent. Thank you. I have taken that on board. Excellent. Moving something on. Yes. What have they been saying? And thank you, Michael. Lovely. Okay, so um, a lot of people getting in touch this week. Unsurprisingly, a lot of people getting in touch about this week's episode. Big thank you to Secret Santa and Jason Goes to Hell director Adam Marcus for joining us to talk William Friedkin's cruising, as well as a really interesting dig into his own work. Yeah, very, very, very illuminating. And the politics thereof, yeah. (laughs) Um... 
quite a lot of people, unsurprisingly, uh, getting in touch to uh, talk about that episode. Absolutely. Not least, film fan Stevie, who uh, very kindly was willing to adjust his tradition out to Saturday <laughs> after the episode delay, um, and obviously listened to it along with a cup of coffee in the cars in Soho. 20 minutes in, and this episode is slowly becoming my new favourite. The Exorcist bit at the start had my jaw on the ground. I didn't know about that. Presumably talking about the active serial killer who was in the cast. Yeah, in the hospital scene um, near the start. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, also, also, Stevie jumping in and just saying, I'm getting some strange looks at the Curzon Zoho as I'm literally crying with laughter. But yeah, so big thank you, as always, to Stevie for tuning in. Yeah, and we've got... I think this is a new person alert, Max. Go on. Nodrog... Yes, I feel like I would have remembered that. Nodrog is a new person. Hello, welcome aboard. Um, which, which, to my eye, is Gordon backwards, much in the same way as the fictional town of Nilbog. It's Goblin backwards. <laughs> Very uh, good. But uh, yeah, we have Nodrog at Pally Gap. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he's gone out and saying, don't forget your back pocket hanky, but preferably not yellow. Well, if you don't know what that means, I'm not going to tell you. If you I'll know, tell you know. You, it means you like water sports. You sure do. Yeah. Salted popcorn getting in touch. Have to delay my strong violent PC pleasure this week because I'm not listening in before finally breaking into that Arrow Blu ray of cruising. Kevin, you were in luck. The episode was delayed anyway. Well, yeah. And then he came back on having watched it mm-hmm. and listened to the episode. And says, this week did not disappoint. I love when guests bring the perfect mix of humour, love for the film, and dim factoids. Mm-hmm. And Adam Marcus 13 brought the whole package, pun intended. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. You got any more on cruising? Uh, a few things, okay. yeah. Um, so, Hanny underscore Ray, I yep. believe, was travelling somewhere this week. Mm-hmm. Um, She's the jet set type, that one. I believe she, she has a job that necessitates uh, a fair amount of travel. I think that's true, uh, yes. Globetrotting. Yeah. But she's saying that the delay actually worked perfectly for her uh, because she had something to look forward to on her flight. Ah, happy to help. Yeah. Almost like we planned it. We didn't. We didn't. Andre Martins at Callahan getting mm-hmm. in touch to say it's so worth the wait. What a fantastic episode on an outstanding film. Plus, I once again must mention that Jason Goes to Hell is in his Jason Top 3. Ah, very cool. And uh, very kind words as well there. So yes. uh, thanks very much, Andre. Uh, lastly, on cruising, I have Laura Bynum. Ah, okay, cool. Getting in touch to say, fuck, fick, fuck. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's more to the tweet. Yeah. Good, I was hoping uh, so. Excuse my language, but thank you, Adam Marcus and Strong Violent PC, for cruising. I'm blessed to be listening to cruising via Strong Violent PC. Nobody stayed in their own lane, or to be in 70s NYC. Uh, Laura actually got in touch again uh, yesterday oh? with uh, some thoughts on uh, Truth or Dare, a critical madness. <laughs> Yay! Uh, from a couple of weeks ago with Laura McQuay. Truth or dare, a critical madness was so bananas it'll take a few tweets over the weekend to do it justice. Took me a while to warm up, but at the copper mask I was in. <laughs> Early on I thought, hmm, inept HD Lewis pedestrian style, not what I expected. But it grew on me. Also, the unaffects where she <laughs> the unaffects where she pulls out an eye and still has two when we cut back to her. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah, very silly. And the 20 cent John Carpenter score, thumbs up. I haven't come to bury Truth or Dare, but to praise it. Ah, lovely. It seems more 1976 than 1986 in many ways, but for the real lowdown on the soap opera meets splatter meets action, check out the recent episode of Strong Violent PC. Now I want to see it on the big screen. Also concluded just by saying, finally, the guest on the show singing its praises was one Laura Barkett McQuay. That rang half a bell until she said that her dad is Steve Barkett. Well, I've loved the aftermath for years. As ever, great taste all. You shithead, you. <laughs> That's really fucking cool. That's 
good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, always nice to hear uh, some longer considered opinions from people. Yeah, um, I also would love to see Truth or Dare on a big screen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like it's yeah, it's where it belongs. Yeah, there's apparently there's this fabled Blu-ray coming or that exists somewhere. Mm-hmm. I would very much like to see a slightly better quality version, certainly on a big screen. Yes, I think that that would be nice. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I also, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of want to see sequels too. We should do that. I think we should. Uh, Sucker Punch. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. Crystal at Oblong Pictures. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it was last week, it must have been last week, that we, we discussed Chris coming in and saying that he thought that watching this film was very much like uh, playing an Xbox for two hours. Yeah, which was even more boring, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> I think this was before he'd listened to the episode. I think that this was, yeah, obviously it would have been. He's like, yeah, he was seeking he'd a have, defense. Yeah, he'd have um, watched the film and not listened yet. Well, he has listened now. Okay. And he says, I've had a listen now. <laughs> Well, that's settled, there, there, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'll, <laughs> and I'll grant you, it's a good defence. It is a good It was a good defence. And I especially like the sweet pea slash baby doll theory. I too like that I towards like that the end, much. but I feel it is under. It doesn't track all the way. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. It'll never not be stupid inception to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> the storytelling is so muddled that you can pretty much make any interpretation stick. Mine is that Snyder's message, intentional or not, is that no matter what illusions of agency a young woman might have, her fate will always be determined by some old white guy. Uh, which Stephen, I think, actually jumped back on and replied to that, saying that he doesn't disagree. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I've, I've been listening to Stephen and Scott Weinberg's podcast. Science versus Fiction, yeah, how are you finding it? It's very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. I had a feeling it might be. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and while we're here, actually, while we're talking about that, big thank you once again to Stephen for coming on Talking Sucker Punch, which is a film I absolutely hate that he defended extremely credibly. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's only fair that I flag that up again. Uh, Staying with Sucker Punch, actually, another new person, Nathan White at One World 75, simply got in touch saying, Sucker Punch is awesome, the steampunk sequence is superb. Uh, I disagree, but thanks for getting in touch. (laughs) And it is nice to know that there is some love for the theatrical cut out there in the world. Uh, Scalecheapless. Dot com. Caitlin. Getting in touch to say, one day my whole wardrobe will be strong, violent, PC related, and that's just fine. And it's a photo of one of our logo t-shirts in the wild. Which uh, she now owns alongside, I believe, the State of Some Distress shirt. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, I know we say this all the time, but we are in the midst of yet another tea public sale. <laughs> the tea public sale that stretches onward into infinity. <laughs> Excellent, great news. Um, elsewhere, uh, on a kind of general niceness or general commentary uh, tip, Kim Morrison, Wicked Sister sixty nine, getting Hi, in touch on Twitter. Hello once again. I listened to the Slugs, Sucker Punch, and Hellraiser Bloodline episodes of Strong Violent PC in a row, and man, my favorite episodes are the ones where the guests come so prepared they probably talk more than the hosts. I feel like <laughs> I've learned a lot. I am choosing to interpret that as a compliment, and rather rather than uh, Kim willing us to shop, rather than uh, us just putting on a podcast where we're not actually involved. Yeah, <laughs> and we. Just just get people from the world of horror to talk at length about films that they like. I must admit, I am I am also though a fan of the uh, short questions, long answers format for the episodes. When these things start happening, and you can really tell that someone is has done their homework. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And yeah. we have we've actually we've been very fortunate with having people who've really done that lately. I would like to think that I had a fair amount of information in my pocket regarding cruising. That's very true, Andy. Yes, yeah. that's very true. You also did well. <laughs> Thanks. That's all I was wanting. Was that little bit of validation. You got anything else? 
No. I have one more thing. Darren Gaskell got in touch uh, this week, inevitably. Yeah. Um, and said, great to hear. He loves me. He loves me. Not getting a mention. Oh, Brilliant yeah. film. Can't say too much more without spoiling it. Uh, yeah, I actually really enjoyed digging that film up. I have no idea what it was that put the idea in my head to go and like go and look it up 10 years after I'd originally seen it or whatever it was last week. But yeah, he loves me. He loves me. Not fucking great. That's about it for me. Over to Michael then. From strong language and violent scenes, this is Mitch's Pitches. It is time for Mitch's pitches, Michael, that's correct. <laughs> well Which done, is... sir, well done. It's good to know that you know how the format is broken down by now. Keenly observed, sir. <laughs> Mitch's pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster of a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title and the tagline and any other identifying text and will leave only the image. It will fall to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and, where possible, give the film a title and a synopsis based on the image alone. Wow. We will, of course, put the poster, the image, all over our social media. It'll be there by now, in fact. Um, yep. So you can play along at home. Last week, we had Mausoleum. Correct. Reappropriated by me somewhat shamefully as Hell's Kitchen 2 Meals from the Crypt. Why would you say that? And we're going to get obviously get into the listener pitches here, but... A couple of people did come down on a very similar kind of idea as you, like in, in terms of being cooking based. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mocked you for that. I, 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 yeah, I almost admit I felt somewhat vindicated by the fact that people did that. <laughs> Not in Gotham Instagram. Isn't this a still from the opening credits of Nightmare? Oh, I loved that. I fucking loved that show. That's, uh, um, uh, reasonable question, shite pitch. Um, <laughs> began at the dawn of the universe. Oh. The gate was closed and the great old ones were trapped inside. Over the millennia since, they have tried to escape. Now at the dawn of a new age, the gate is being opened and a great purge is being planned. Good heavens. The purge. While on a university study trip to Eggwellsboro in Wales... <laughs> sorry. Sorry to the Welsh. Archaeologist Anne Chient and Megan Oldstuff discover an ancient worship site. The next day, they find fresh blood on the ancient altar. An old local, Barry Finwellen tells them that the site was supposedly one of the several seals that which held back the Great Ones. When a mysterious mist rolls from the site and soon the dead in a nearby graveyard start to rise up and attack, the locals, Anne and Megan, must search for a way to close the seal while also discovering the strange secret of Barry Finwellen. It's 1978's Lovecraftian psychedelic horror fantasy, Seal of the Great Ones. <laughs> right, okay. That was a long road to something that was kind of mentioned in the first paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, CV Buckley, detailed as ever. Thank you very yes, much for that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Hanny underscore Ray, the door to the mausoleum is always locked until one day when a group of friends find an old key and enter to their uncertain doom in Skeleton's Key. Right, okay. <laughs> Cosmic Ray Girl, three friends, Mo Lester, Quick, Dick Ditcher, and Fanny Hyde. Have opened... Whoa, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, I'm Back going... up. No, I'm blowing straight past no, it. No, 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 come on. But the, the, what were those names? Mo Lester, Quick. Right, okay. Dick Ditcher. Right. And Fanny Hyde. Sure. I've opened a Pizza Express and the freshly made pizza smell attracts the most unlikely of customers. It's Prince, Prince Albert. Andrew. It's Prince <laughs> It's Prince Albert. I think it might be what she's getting at. Yeah. Uh, well, someone messaged me the other day as well to let me know that uh, David Walliams' new book's called The Beast of Buckingham Palace. Oh my god, moving swiftly on. <laughs> Uh, he's here for pizza and advice, as Mo, Dick, and Fanny are also cover up specialists. It's 2001's Ditcher, Quick and Hide, the long tale from a prince. It's definitely about that. 100%. <laughs> Laura Bynan. Okay. Stretching a bit, but on a rare day off, Prince of Darkness Franco Morto has trouble getting his bubble machine going. Oh. And Luigi Cozzi's lost in translation 1987 animation, Della Morte Della Vento, sold here as Hubble Bubble Toil and Trouble. <laughs> 
think it's great. Kevin Matthews, from cheeky young Italian stereotype, Luigi Parmesan leaves school with no qualifications <laughs> and the promise that he will one day become a wealthy business mogul, he soon realises that he doesn't have a clue how he will achieve his aims. That is until he finds a haunted pizza oven that manages to serve any potential customers with the best pizza they've ever tasted in their life. It's also the last pizza they'll ever eat, as a certain cheese-dwelling demon satisfies its own cravings And the 1984 bizarre horror flick, Deep Fried and Deadpan. <laughs> Don't trust these disgusting cursed crusts that must just turn you to dust. <laughs> I feel like people are starting to pander to me a little bit. Somewhat. <laughs> it Tony, feels like an easy victory if you put a rhyme in. <laughs> certainly. Tony Constantine, when seasoned detective Fenella Foolery is hot on the trail of what she believes to be a copycat killer, she unwittingly discovers... <laughs> uncovers a fiendishly fishy plot by disgraced gynecologist Dr. Jim Yogurt to harness the ungodly smell of muff puff to unsnuff the long dead. The 1962 tuna taco attacker of Hoboken, New Jersey, Douglas Scullery. <laughs> now, Fenella must once again form an unlikely partnership with purgatory-based ghost cop twin brother Tom Foolery to stop <laughs> Doug Scullery's skullduggery and quaff the embittered kitty litter <laughs> killer once and for all in 1977's super snatchable sequel Sis and Deceased 2 <laughs> Mystery of the Queef Thief <laughs> and to wrap up James Blum saying what he sees as ever 1987's Vape of the Living Dead right thank you everyone so once again falls to you to pick both best character name and best pitch okay uh, best pitch is going to Tony again okay fair enough I, uh, I think he's going to need to upgrade that aircraft hangar as for the name <laughs> I don't know if it's the pick of the crop but it's the one that tickled me the most okay and that's Luigi Parmesan it's low hanging fruit but it's not bad <laughs> Kevin and Tony, congratulations. You win nothing this week. Don't spend it all at once. Sure. It's in the post. Sure, sure, sure. So I guess now it's my turn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, are you ready for this one? Yeah, here we go. Uh, go on then. Okay, here we go. Right. Uh, there is no border on the image. Um, I believe that's correct in this case. Yes, I have zoomed out for sure because I have a tendency to not <laughs> zoom out. Um, what we have, I'm going to say that this is a doll. Right. Um, it's not the easiest to tell, but I'm going to go with it being a doll, right? So you have got what looks like kind of like either a cupboard door or a living room door or something, um, and a wood kind of a wood like a, a wood varnish floor. There are like kids' toys. There's what looks like a stuffed animal, a toy train, a ball, and some kind of building blocks with letters on them. Right. <laughs> uh, scattered around. Also, yeah, there's a doll sitting against the door um facing us wearing a red dress and uh white socks and black shoes and the red dress has a kind of like white trim uh she has long brown hair looking directly into the camera and holding what looks like a small cleaver right okay okay Mm -hmm. um and that's just about it actually menacing looking red dress doll leans against cupboard door and room (laughs) strewn with children's toys okay okay (laughs) right okay i will need a sec on you go I noticed Michael didn't make a stab at the Sunshine Kid. That would have been good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Can't have everything. Yeah, step up your game, Park. <laughs> How you getting on? I have something. Mm, that doesn't fill me with hope. <laughs> Let's just see. Okay. It's Christmas Eve and the elves are hard at work in Santa's workshop. Ah. 
They're working overtime on this year's must-have Christmas present, the Your Pal Penelope doll. <laughs> However, when recently sacked and deeply embittered elf Buttons has a curse <laughs> placed on one of the dolls, Penelope grabs her cleaver and descends to Santa's house on the hill in the North Pole to wreak Christmas chaos. Will Santa be able to stop the tyrannical toy before time runs out and learn a little about the true meaning of Christmas along the way? Find out in 1990's ham-fisted anti-capitalist allegory, Kringle Doll Dismay. They've traced the doll, and it's coming from inside the house. <laughs> Fuck off. Well then, uh, yeah, that I am can... profoundly sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, how wild am I swinging here? What year did you say? I said 1990, which I know was wrong. <laughs> I, I, I called it 1990 because I wanted to make a joke about it being a child's play knockoff, and then I forgot to. So <laughs> Right, okay, well, <laughs> the year is 1991. Oh! <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> yep, yeah, so not swinging quite as widely as you thought you were. No, no, no. Uh, and the film is Dolly Dearest. Dolly Dearest, okay. First off, is this film any good? I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, um, second of all... Again, tickled by the poster. Yes, very much so. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good choice, definitely. So, um, what is this film about, and more to the point, who is our synopsisizer spirit guide this week? Well, I think I'm about to make your day. Go on. Because your IMDb synopsisizer for this week is none other than the Brazilian wonderkind, Claudio Carvalho. Claudio Carvalho, fantastic. Okay, lay it on me. Coming all the way from Rio de Janeiro. Fantastic. <clears throat> In Mexico, an archaeologist releases the evil spirit of a devil child from the tomb of an ancient tribe called Sanzia that worshipped Satan on Earth and dies in an accident. Immediately after, an American family with two children arrives to live and reactivate a factory of dolls at a site nearby the archaeological field. Hang on a minute. Okay, okay, never mind. <laughs> Elliot Reed invested the savings of his family in this business to manufacture dolls. He finds many dolls left by the previous owners of the factory and gives one of them, which is possessed by the fiend, to his daughter Jessica Reed. Okay. The girl sure. changes her behaviour, speaks an ancient language, and the maid tells to the mother Marilyn Reed... Meanwhile, the archaeologist, Carol Resnick, arrives to investigate the finding of his colleague. However, the demon has been already released, threatening the locals and the Reed family. Oh, sounds good. Sounds okay. promising. There you go. Yeah, well, there we go. Dolly Dearest. Yes. Okay, that image is everywhere. Get pitching. You will almost certainly top Kringle Doll Dismay. <laughs> um, so, streaming platforms. What's on the streaming platforms? Probably nothing on Amazon Prime. Yeah! What have we got? What uh, are we watching this week? We have the odd thing, is how I would describe it, oh. um, uh, kicking about. Netflix has most of it, so I'm going to say that's last. But what we do have is, uh, on Shudder, November 25th, which <laughs> I believe is today, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Um, well, it's not today, but it is today if you're listening to this on Monday. Yes, exactly. Uh, we have actually a recent Mitch's Pitches film. Oh! The Baby. Ah, right, excellent. Uh, not rock and sock and chop him, but no, the baby. No, no, no. <laughs> um, a social worker tries to rescue an adult baby from his very creepy family in this essential 70s cult classic from director Ted Post. Yes. Worth it, by the way, if you want something a bit weird. Cool. I mean, I, I might well do that. I've, I recently, obviously, as you know, got Shudder, and I really haven't had the use like the use of it lately, so I quite want to get to that. Sky Cinema, if it's your thing, 25th of November, again today, Justice League. That's not my thing, it's Zack Snyder. Yeah, not mine either, but it's there. Um, also on the 29th of November kind of more of a kids thing but it does look pretty creepy and it is directed by Tim Burton Dumbo right landing okay uh, mm -hmm. Amazon Prime I mean yeah. you know as well as I do I was looking expectantly at you there as if uh, there, there would be some other answer except for weekly episodes of The Purge and Mr. Robot correct yes <laughs> we should get weekly episodes of Mr. Robot and The Purge on a t-shirt <laughs> 
By the way, what are we going to do if we keep saying this? Because I'm not keeping a track for when Mr. Robot or the Punch finishes. I'm 100% not doing that either. Like, like I could very well be lying every single week. Um, Netflix has three all coming on Sunday. Right. Uh, December 1st. So uh, we have The Hole in the Ground. Right, okay. Uh, Which we've talked about on the show. Yeah, I'm not too hot on it, but a lot of people do like it. It's there. I think Our, I liked it more than you, if I recall. I believe that that is yeah. true. Yeah, after moving to a new town, a woman becomes convinced that her son's been replaced with something from the sinkhole behind their house. Uh, Bloodsport also lands Jean-Claude Van Damme's Bloodsport Army Captain Frank Ducks goes oh. AWOL and travels to Hong Kong to attempt to win a secret martial arts competition coming December 1st superb watch that also coming December 1st we have um, a Netflix film called Dead Kids <laughs> um, a socially awkward teen bonds with a group of misfits who plot to kidnap the school's arrogant rich kid until their scheme turns deadly right okay so that's out there too that's about your lot this week um, but I'm going to tell you what the pick of the week is. It's Bloodsport. It's blood sport. <laughs> Make no mistake. But yeah, that's your streaming platform stuff for this week. Uh-huh. So I suppose there's not a great amount left to do, with the exception of turning our attentions to this week's show, episode 80. Yes, and it's a long gestating one because this was something that was supposed to happen a couple of weeks ago, and yep. it did not. Yep, so that was the week that we ended up taking off. Yeah. Uh, but this week it is happening, and following the runaway success of the second incantation of the Soho Horror Festival, we are joined by the director of that festival, and you may also remember him from the Seed of Chucky episode of this show, it is Mr. Mitch. Yay, and Mitch joins us. As we know, there has been no change to the chosen film. Nope. Uh, So yeah, we will, as scheduled, be talking Nightmare on Elm Street, part two, Freddy's Revenge. We sure will. That's this Friday. Mitch Harrod joins us. How do you feel about that? You know what to do. (laughs) Facebook and Instagram. We are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can also email Longer Considerations and all that other stuff to stronglanguagevioluntscenes at gmail.com. Yep, and... Check out our website, strongviolentpod.com, where you can find all upcoming live shows as they are announced and prepared and booked. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just about everything else that you might possibly need, including a helpful link to that tea Public store where there is that uh, ever-present sale. I was going to say, maybe yeah. not, like, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure there's a sale on. Yeah, and we're cannonballing into Black Friday, so I believe there's... Uh, some pretty hefty deals coming this weekend. I'm pretty sure that on Black Friday, Tee Public pays you for the shirt. <laughs> We're back Friday talking Elm Street 2 with Mitch Harrod. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it's better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain, with production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find them on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, Podbean.